Welcome to the Idaho Catholic Podcast, coming to you from beautiful and spacious western Idaho. Boy, we have a great topic to share with you tonight with a great group of guys. In just a minute, we're going to jump in on a conversation that we were having earlier today, and I'd like to share this with you, and I hope uh, you find some enjoyment in it. Okay, here we go, tapping in. Today, we are talking about confession, everything you've wanted to know about confession. We're going to be talking about uh, the near avoidance of sin, going beyond the going beyond the simple things that you always confess. Um, what do you do about sins you don't even know about? And what about forgetfulness when you get in the box and then your mind just goes blank? Um, and then Paul, he talks a lot about strength through weakness. And then what about, lastly here, and whatever else we decide to talk about, the effects of sin on the individual and on the body of Christ. So without further ado, John, it's just you and I tonight. Let's get Hi. into it. <laughs> yes, it is. Good evening, Mike. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm excited about this topic because, you know, oftentimes I just, I struggle with, you know, feeling weak, feeling incompetent uh, about, about um, confessing the same things over and over again and it feeling like there is no hope for me. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think for both of us, you know, we're both converts to the, to the faith. You've been, uh, you converted much earlier than I did. Yeah. 2006. You know, uh, only converted. Yeah. I only converted a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, this is a, still a new path for me. And, um, you know, so I've, uh, my, my, path through the faith so far has, has been really well, really uh, good so far. Um, one of the things, though, as, uh, as a former Protestant is, you know, our, our topic tonight is, is talking about uh, confession. Uh, it's just one of the sacraments of healing that the Catholic Church has is, uh, is confessing our sins. And, and so why is that important and, and all of that? Um, you know, I think we can leave that uh, discussion for another night. Sure. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about tonight was was really looking at um, you know currently right now I'm going through um, I had surgery and I'm uh, recuperating from that and so uh, it's been a really long slow and, and painful. I think you're uh, doing pretty journey. well though because at, um, at, ch at church you, I think you're getting better though because at church you you for the. For the, the adult Sunday school class, you are bringing in the creamer again for coffee. So you must be feeling a little better. <laughs> <laughs> must be, right? No, we, we just couldn't stand. We weren't going to come to family ministry anymore because there was no creamer. <laughs> right. I mean, when you're drinking that awful. <laughs> so we had to start bringing it again. <laughs> and when you're drinking that awful free you yeah. know, church coffee, you, you, you got to doctor it up a little bit. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry to interrupt. I guess we could bring some whiskey in sometime. I don't know, but <laughs> no. Well, so anyway, uh, yeah, as a as a, a former candle. Protestant, that that idea of uh, <laughs> the idea of uh, confessing sins is is a hard thing to kind of not only to do, but to, to put into practice. It's pretty challenging. So it's really easy, I think, to start from the premise of the low hanging fruit, right? 
So the, the easy stuff, the stuff that you can identify right away that, uh, yeah, I said, I said the F word, you know, uh, you know, bad John, I shouldn't say that. So that's something that I need to go and confess and, Uh you know, those sorts of things. So, you know, that, but, uh, I I think when you get going down the, the path a little bit better, you're, you're putting your faith into practice and, you are genuinely trying to change yourself and live a, a more holy spiritual life. Um, it becomes easier to avoid those, those temptations, those sins. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I can tell when I might be hit, heading down a certain pathway and, or, you know, a, a certain trigger that might cause me to, to say, I'm just going to use the, example of cursing okay because <laughs> that's pretty easy pretty um, mild one but you know i i can see when i might be yeah but i i think it it uh it travels well but uh you know i i can tell when i might be in a situation where i uh, could potentially use a bad word um expletive for for some reason and um you know, so I'm, I think I'm really good at identifying uh, when I'm close to doing those sorts of things. Yeah. And steering myself away from it. Right. So after a while, with, with any sin, it, it can be something as simple as, you know, cursing, or it could be, you know, some, some larger, um, more scary things. But you have it within you to develop good habits and, and avoiding those um, you know, developing healthy habits, right. And, and avoiding those, those sorts of things. Um, however, you know, it's, uh, I, I've been thinking about this quite a bit in that, um, I want to live a more holy life. I want to practice my faith more. And so one of the things that I really wanted to do was start it, start practicing the sacrament of confession more often. But then I started thinking like, gosh, you know, I haven't been cursing. I haven't, been angry with people. I haven't done, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, and gosh, what do, I, what do I really need to confess at this time? You know, and, and really struggling with that of like, God, I haven't been, I don't think I've been doing anything bad. Um, and so what would there be for me to confess? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't Have you, you know ever been in that position? Uh, frequently. And it's, it's, you know, there's, this is where we get into the things, the sins you don't even know, because I know that I'm right, sinning exactly. on a daily basis, repeatedly all day long. And there's there at the end of the day there, or actually at the end of the week, you know, if you're trying to think back on your sins, it's like, well, I don't remember. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast today. You know, how am I going to remember sins right. that I committed two, three, four weeks ago? since the last time I was at confession and doesn't like nothing big sticks out. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not committing fornication. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing yeah. any, uh, you know, major, uh, um, mortal sins. And it's like, geez, what do I can even confess when I go in? Right. Yeah. And so I was, I was really struggling with this quite a bit. And, uh, I set up a, a meeting with, uh, with our priest, uh, Father Mike, and went Tim with with some of the things that were on my heart, and uh, 
you know, one of the things that I know you and I both share, many people do, is that we all strive to live a, a holier life. We want to practice our faith more. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I, uh, as an example, um, so what I did was uh, about a year ago, I really wanted to do like the daily readings, right? The morning and evening prayer and try to get much more prayer structure in my life and and practicing that way. So I I picked up the Magnificat and it's great. uh, You know, I'm not going to book plug it at this point in time, but you know, this is a really great daily resource for, uh, you know, structured prayer and whatnot. Yeah. And so I got that with the hope that I would use that as uh, as a way of, promoting and continuing my prayer life. Um, however, I don't use it. I forget about it. Um, it may go, it may sit there an entire month that I happen to Yikes. look over and <laughs> that, that subscription <laughs> is not cheap, John. Yeah. And, and gets, <laughs> so here's February's right. And so, uh, so for example, I, uh, so probably about halfway through January, I get the February copy, and I realized I haven't even looked at January yet. <laughs> so, oh, boy. So I was like, oh, man, you know. So that's what I wanted to talk about with, you know, um, you know, kind of going beyond the simple things and getting to more into depth of, of realizing how inept we all are. We're, we're well-meaning but we struggle so hard into, uh, you know, to put these things into practice. So for instance, just, just like with this, okay, that I have the intention of picking this up every day and, and looking through this and and doing the morning and and evening readings. It's not very much really. It, It just takes a couple of minutes to do, but it's my forgetfulness. Um, I just get busy and, and just don't practice it. So, yeah. so Father Mike and I were talking about how that, that that is kind of turning away from God, right? Trying to, trying to give thanks and praise to God throughout your day and recognizing his hand in your life. Um, and that is what, you know, these daily prayers are about. Um, and so, honestly, these are types of things that you can start looking at in your life. You can start looking at things of, of how you have um, failed yourself by failing God, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's just, I mean, honestly, God would, would say to me, oh, come on, John, you're trying to do your best, right? <laughs> He's probably not going to go and thump me with a stick for forgetting, right? I don't think my heavenly father would do that. He, he would go, you're, you're trying, <laughs> but he would, he would so, probably say something like, can't you pray with me for one hour, John? Yeah. 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 Are, uh, you, well, are, and, you, are you sitting there getting your rest? Can't you pray with me one hour? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And I asked me myself that same thing all the time. But the, the problem is, is that I just forget about it. I get tied up with, with everything else. So the important thing is, is that um, uh, you can use this, things like this, in confession. Mm. You know, it's, it, it's, um, 
it's in our weakness that God shows his strength. So if we're able to identify our weaknesses and we bring that to confession and we say, uh, you know, I have failed God in that I, I've been selfish, that, uh, you know, my intentions have been that I, I do this, I share my time with God and that I pray to God. Uh, you know, I, I made the, the reservation that I, I'm going to do this every day and I failed in this. And I'm heartily sorry for this. And I want to change my life. Um, but at some point in time, it's one of those things that I, I am either, I just don't have the ability to do it. You know, I, I don't have the tools or the skills built up at this point. I don't have the, the strength of character or, or of will to follow through with it. And so these types of things are perfect grounds to go and uh, to confess um, yes. because while, while they may not be mortal sin, um, you can definitely uh, look to that as, uh, as uh, grounds that, uh, you know, other sin might cop, you know, pop up in. Right. Sure. Well, I think it is, there are things like that, that, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a sin to not read the Magnificat every day. That's not a sin. Right. You know, but if, if God is calling you to do that, if, if, if you're, if he's telling you, you know, this is, this is for you, John, you need to do this and you continually refuse to do it, continually refuse to make it a habit, then you're in disobedience with God. And therefore that's his in, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's because he's calling you to do that. Right. And it, it might not be um, it might not be a case that you are just completely turning your back on God. It's just no, no. like like our patron saint of uh, you know Saint uh, Saint Simon of Cyrene that uh, everybody needs help. Everybody needs uh, uh, reminders. You know uh, whether it be. Um, you know, a, a friend to, to hold your feet to the fire, you know, Hey, did you do your, your daily readings today? Or, you know, that call, whether it be your, uh, a friend or family member, or, you know, your, your wife, uh, that, uh, you make that commitment to one another to, to help each other and strengthen one another in, right. in faith. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that, that's something that, uh, I really started thinking about in uh, strength through weakness. And um, I just wanted to share uh, uh, a reading uh, that I was reflecting on. It's second uh, Corinthians uh, 12. Um, and this is uh, Paul is sharing about uh, visions and revelations that he's had. And he's uh, he, he says that I must boast. There is nothing to be gained by it but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Um, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was cut up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know for God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. 
On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weakness. So Paul is talking, yeah, Paul's talking about himself here, right? Um, Though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. And isn't that just like what I was sharing about, you know, you have this intention of wanting to do it, but for whatever reason, you just, there's that thorn in your side that that continually pulls you away from, from it. Um, three times I begged the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on to say, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecution and calamities for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so, you know, just through that, I mean, isn't that a perfect example of, you know, our intentions of, of what we want to do. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's, we're always working from a a position of weakness, right? Mm -hmm. But within our weakness, that is where Christ shines through, right? That is fertile ground for Christ to change you. So don't look at those uh, those weaknesses in sh- as shameful, but be boastful and, and prideful of your weakness. <laughs> that that hey, hey, this is this is an opportunity for Christ to work miracles in me. Yes, and show how, but <laughs> by my own dumb luck, I couldn't do anything. But if I see change in my life, if I change, if I see change in my my practice and prayer, I know exactly where that's coming from. It didn't come from me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you um, see that all over in Scripture, where where Jesus chooses the the least likely person to to do amazing things. The f- person that always comes to mind is for me. The first person is is Gideon. He was. It's an Old Testament story, and he was he was from the the least of the tribes of Judah. He was the least of his family. The you know he's the, the basically the the person at the bottom of the totem pole, and God chose him to lead an army against the Philistines, and you know whittled it. He's the one where they whittled it down to three hundred people, and they mm-hmm. went and fought like. I think it was like, I don't know, like a hundred thousand Philistines, you know, with 300 people. And, <laughs> and then there's also Peter who was just the, the biggest fool, always sticking his foot in his mouth, but oh, right. and, yeah. denying Jesus. And yet he's the first leader of the church. So, so we, we can't, we can't let our weakness, we can't succumb to our weaknesses but we have to rely on God's strength to overcome and compensate 
more than compensate. That's not, that's not the right word for our weaknesses. Um, right. But we can't see the thing is so often what you're talking about there is, you know, we're giving into despair. We're giving up because of our weaknesses. And I think we, when we do that, I think we, we risk the wrath of God because I think of Moses who resisted you know, when God was calling, he went to the burning bush and, and here's this burning bush, you know, God, the great I am is speaking to him and telling him, go free my people. And like over and over and over and over again, Moses was like, uh, no, call someone else, call someone else. I can't talk very well. I'm not eloquent. Call someone else. And they're like, God got angry. You know, he's like, do you not know who I am? Pun intended there. You know, it's like, go free him, you know, and then finally God gives in and gives him Aaron. But, but um, it's like, don't, don't give in to despair. Don't give up, but just recognize that's where God's power is going to manifest itself in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to cover one last thing. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we know the effects of, of sin on the individual, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it gets in the way of us receiving graces from God. You know, it, it draws us down. It, uh, it, it makes us uncouth and, you know, dirty and, and, uh, unworthy, uh, more so <laughs> than we already were, right? So the effects of sin on the individual, um, you know, and, and and that was what the sacrament of healing is there to do, or the sacrament of confession is there is to heal those wounds and, and to yeah. clean you up and draw you closer to God. And, and so through confession, we receive grace uh, uh, from God. Um, but... Uh, through my discussion with, with Father Mike, uh, he brought up a really interesting point, too, is that he says, you know, remember, you know, the effects of sin on the individual and, and what confession does for sin, for individual sin. He says, but what you need to do also is realize that, that going to confession isn't only for the, the person. I'm going to paraphrase that, uh, you know, it's... Uh, going to confession for, for those reasons are, um, that's more selfish. You know, it's, I'm getting myself right with, with God. Right. Mm -hmm. But what he was saying was this, he says, don't lose sight that we are all members of the body, the mystical body of Christ. Right. So if any one of the members has sin on them, it draws the whole down. And so any sin that I, I commit, any sin that, that you commit, actually draws the entire body of Christ down. So through the, the sacrament of confession, that cleansing not only cleanses me, but it cleanses the entire mystical body of Christ. Right. So, and it's not only just the mystical body of Christ, but it's the sins of the whole world. So all the sin that we see out in the world, um, whether by Christians or Catholics or it doesn't matter the, the whole sins of the world 
any, every sin that's committed draws us all down. You know, it's sinking our ship. And so through the sacrament of, of confession, the, that healing grace not only comes to the individual to bolster them, but it actually buoys the entire world. So with, with all of the sacraments that we get to, to celebrate in the Catholic Church, um, I, I think the sacrament of confession I think it would maybe do us a lot of good to be reminded of that as we're standing in line, you know, preparing ourselves for uh, uh, for confession. That uh, you know, this isn't something only only for me and uh, to help me, but then the thought of of the graces that you're helping to bring to the whole world. Um, I, you know, it's just another one of those really interesting points by the, you know, by our baptism that we're anointed prophets, priests, and kings, you know. So yes. through that through that activity of, of uh, uh, reconciliation with God, that we are reconciling the whole world through that act, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a greater global sense. So, yeah, anyway, it's... It was. It's been an interesting uh, uh, few days, and it was a great talk with Father Mike. Really enjoyed it. Um, and and so I guess in closing, with with my part of this is that, uh, you know, uh, your religion doesn't need to be touchy feely. Um, but uh, you know, we've got great resources. We've got great priests that. Uh, you know, are, are more than happy to, to meet with you. So if you've got things on your heart, apart from, you know, just going to confession, set up an appointment, you know, go in and, and speak with, uh, with a priest and, or uh, with a holy person and sit down and, and share with, with them the things that, you're, that are on your heart. Um, I know it's been, it's been a several years ago, but I, uh, even before I came in the church, I had heard that, uh, um, there was a study done quite a while ago that we're looking at uh, instances of depression rates and things like that. And they noticed that uh, Catholics overall uh, ran a, a lower rate of depression versus <laughs> pretty much everybody else. And, uh, and they were pointing to the, uh, you know, uh, confession and reconciliation mm. that, uh, that, that, that process can be so cathartic and, and healing. Yeah. And so uh, just within our, just within practicing your religion, um, you know, you're saving yourself a couple of bucks for, you know, going to see a shrink. So <laughs> <laughs> we got that going for us, right? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I know when my wife and I converted in 2006, uh, since we had, we, um, we had been both, we actually were both baptized. We didn't know each other at all. We were in different, we lived in different states, but we were both just happened to be, to be baptized on the same day, August 5th, 1984. And wow. we were both 11 years old. But anyways, um, so we had to confess all of our sins from 1984 to 2006. <laughs> all wow. the ones we, you know, we could remember on our first confession. And I, I got to tell you, I, I know I, I was affected. My wife was really just blessed 
by her first confession. And I know I was too, just the, the huge weight of knowing without a doubt that my sins are forgiven. But because previously it always just gone directly to Jesus and just say, you know, God, please forgive me um, for this. But I, I was never, I'd never had been formed in how to do a good examination of conscience. So it was kind of like just, I mean, the, just the Catholic faith has such a great way of being very systematic about doing an examination of conscience. And that's one thing um, if we could, if I could, I think you're done, right? With that topic. <laughs> if you yeah, say so. so. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, I, well, cause I, I, I say that and I want to kind of circle back to one of the things that I first talked about in the intro was, you know, the near avoidance of sin going beyond the simple things. Um, sins you don't even know. And what, what do you do about those? And forgetfulness. Because yeah. um, like one of the first things we talked about was, you know, you, you feel like you go into the confessional. It's like, what do I, what do I confess? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> I, 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 I know I'm not perfect. I'm not, Father, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But I don't know what to confess. But I, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff out there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How yeah. do I do that? Right. Yeah. And so that, I think it's, so I think it's important to go to confession often, at least once a month. But even that, if, if you're only thinking about your sins right before you go into your confession once a month, then there's going to be a lot of stuff you're just not going to, going to remember. So even if you were to go, say, every week or every other week, there's still going to be things you don't remember. And then what are you proactively doing to avoid those sins? Because we're supposed to avoid the near occasion of sin. And so if you're not taking time to examine, you know, okay, how, let's, 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 you know, reverse engineer this thing. I committed this sin. <laughs> Why did I do that? And I, I found, I, I've heard this from a really wise priest that, um, you know, first of all, are you eating right? Hmm. Are you getting good sleep? You can't function. You, you, your brain is like, you're, you're like an, an insane person when you're not getting good sleep. You're going to make poor choices. You're going to be reactive instead of proactive when you're, when you're sleep deprived. So, and are, are you spending um, uh, daily, are you in daily prayer and med meditation, meditative prayer? Con I, I want you, the, the meditative is kind of the world's term, I think, but con contemplative is the kind of the Catholic mm -hmm. ownership of that. Are, are you spending right. time um, contemplating, listening, being at peace before God every day. That's going to, that's going to help keep the tank full. Mm -hmm. That's going to help uh, that, those three things, those three components there are going to help keep you at your best, at your peak. Right. Um, and then the, so th those, those three things, that's going to keep you at your best. Right. But how do you avoid, you find yourself in these habits? Well, I think it's important to do, um, and everyone get out a pen and paper now because you're going to want to write this down. But I think it's important, extremely important to do a daily examination of conscience. That's going to help, help you keep track of, of your sins because, you know, it's that day. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be your best chance to remember things. It's going mm -hmm. to be your best chance to know how you did. It's by, you know, your head hits the pillow, take two minutes to do an examination of conscience. And I've got, Something Can here I jump from in there really quick. Do it. 
Or are you going to cover, you're probably going to cover exactly what I was going to do too. Yeah. I got five, five items here for an, an examination of con, a daily examine. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Cause you probably hit them. Okay. Well, we, we can compare notes afterwards here. So number one, call to mind God's presence before you. God is right there with you through the good and the bad. So call, call his presence to you and, Recognize he already knows all this stuff and be at peace that he loves you. Because for those, you know, everyone with kids knows, you know, you can have a terrible day with your kids and they could be the absolute brats and total snots. But after you, when you, when you go to tuck them in, you know, and you, you see them, you know, you put the blankets over them and assuming they stay in bed. Right. But I'll say (laughs) after they're asleep and in bed and you go back and you peek in on them, no matter what's happened, it's like you, you look at their little, their little body there under the covers, and they're, they're, you see their, their breathing up and down, and and they're just, just they're this peaceful face, and, and no matter what they've done, you are just in love with that kid. This is after you've gotten over the want of strangling them. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they're finally after two hours of getting coming, coming out of their bed and bugging you. They're finally asleep. Okay, this, that's it's that point to where your heart just melts before them, and that's how God feels towards you, no matter how you have been that day. So, just be at peace and welcome God's presence in. Okay, that was number one. Number two, review the many blessings of the day. So go through the day slowly and acknowledge all the blessings that the Lord has poured out upon you and go with the small wins. Like I ate breakfast today. That was, you know, or I gave my, my son who I don't get along with very, very well. I gave him a hug today, small wins, everything. Okay. Next acknowledge your sins and shortcomings. Honestly review the name and the times and places that you failed to accept the grace the Lord was giving you. Thoroughness is important. One thing I remember I heard a while ago, and I this could be an urban legend. I don't know, but it's good regardless. Is that um, one, one of the things that Mother Teresa would do with her examination of conscience, which she would say, how did I respond to Jesus today? Mm-hmm. Right. And number four, resolve and call upon the Lord, or make a resolve and call upon the Lord. Resolve not to commit the same sins again the next day. Then, uh, then beg the Lord to grant you perfect contrition and to provide you the graces you need to live completely for him. So make a resolve and call upon the Lord. Resolve not to commit those sins again. So this is where you have to be Sherlock Holmes. You have to reverse engineer that sin. What led you up to that? Keep in mind, nutrition, sleep, prayer, co- contemplative prayer before the Lord. Are you hitting those three? Because I know hangriness gets me into a lot of sin. <laughs> Hangry, angry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Be filled with joy and hope. The Lord is grateful for your commitment to freedom, to your family, to your ongoing conversion, and to him. He desires your sanctity even more than you do. Rest peacefully knowing that God is with you. So hope and joy, not despair and death. Hope and joy. That's it. Those, right. those are the five things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and with that, yeah, you know, be filled with hope and joy that, that you recognized your weakness. You, you, you recognized the, your shortcomings mm-hmm. and not as a, uh, 
not as a failure, you know, uh, don't look at it as a, as a negative, look at it as a positive that you recognized it. And, uh, you know, that is, uh, fertile soil for, for God to work his magic in your, in your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've got one, I think we have one last topic. What was it? Near avoidance of sin. So yeah, avoid the near avoidance of sin. You know, you don't go, a drunk doesn't go near a bar. An alcoholic doesn't go near a bar. Um, you know, you, if you, if you know, if you don't eat breakfast, you're a grump. Well, that's the same thing. So eat breakfast, you know, get, get some sleep, avoid sin, do what it takes. You have to be proactive. You can't just kind of wish and hope it's going to happen. You have to be proactive and be Sherlock Holmes. Okay. So one of the things I hear a lot about, is, well, I don't hear a lot about this, but sometimes I hear this thing from church leaders about people, you know, are guided, being guided by their conscience and how the Lord judges those based on, you know, their conscience. And it almost seems like we give too much of a pass to people who live in sin and just saying they're following their conscience. Have you, have you witnessed that at all from, I'm not going to name any names, but from church leaders that it just kind of feels like, eh, they're kind of like pulling some punches there when they have the, they have a platform to speak out, you know, that against sin and how, how to, how to form, they they, they say everyone has to go by their conscience, but yet they don't follow that up with a good power packed message of this is how you form your conscience. Am I the only one here? (laughs) Am I? No, that's, that's a, that's a great topic that, that we could probably dig into, you know, what is, what sorts of things do, do you need to, you know, we, we need to go back to the uh, catechism. We do. Yeah. You know, and uh, pull like, some of those pieces out and uh, maybe that'd be a great presentation for next time. I think so. Because, you know, yes, yes. For sins that you commit that you don't know there is sin, um, it's still a sin. I mean, technically you're not culpable for that, but it's still a sin. And I think right. that it's up to us to form our conscience. Well, especially for those of us who live in a first world nation where we have the internet and we have access to libraries with you know, like church libraries with tons of, I don't know, every church parish I've been in has a library with tons of good books in it. And, you know, for free, we have, there's just so much information out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we don't we don't have to worry about starving to death. You know, we've got roofs over our heads, and uh, you know, yeah, right. Militias rotting, marauding around. You know, capping yeah. people. You know, we we live in a, a very safe environment, and and no, I totally see what you're saying about uh, you know we need to take uh, full advantage of of those things. Yeah, I mean, in the catechism, in the catechism, if. You, Uh, The section that talks about the formation of conscience starts in paragraph 1783. Why don't I just read the first, it's a couple pages long. Why don't I just read the first paragraph? Okay. So it says, conscience must be informed and moral judgment enlightened. A well-formed conscience is upright and truthful. It formulates its judgments according to reason in conformity with the true good willed by the wisdom of the creator. 
the education of conscience is indispensable for human beings who are subjected to negative influences and tempted by sin to prefer their own judgment and to reject authoritative teachings. I don't, I don't know where this, where this quote is, for, is from, but it might be from, pretty sure it's from Thomas Aquinas. And he says that sin darkens the intellect. So the more sins you commit, the dumber you become, you become stupid. And so that's why it's impo so important to constantly be learning because that's how you're going to overcome negative influences and, and temptations to sin. Yeah. Yeah. It starts um, part three, article six, moral conscience. Mm, yeah. It's, uh, and it's not a very long section. There's uh, uh, yeah, it's only what, like four, four or six pages, something like that. Um, but there's some pretty heavy duty um uh, concepts in here that uh you know could be cracked open a little bit <laughs> yeah no it's so, it's, it's it's that way yeah. you know each, each each um sentence each paragraph uh you, you could spend a couple hours just mining all the information in there so yeah i i would love to do another podcast on how to form your conscience and the tools that are available to do that so speaking of that, we do have we do have some topics we've listed out here that we'd like to talk get into. You know, folks, Lent is just around the corner. It's only I think four or five weeks away, mm -hmm. four weeks away, and so it's never never too soon to never too soon to start preparing for Lent. March sixth um, is uh, Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm, March sixth. I wonder why Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. I don't get that. Anyways, so some of the things we were talking about was um, a breakdown of the act of contrition. That's the prayer you say uh, to show your contrition. That's the prayer you say during confession at the end. Um, oh my God, I am hardly sorry for having offended you. I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because they offend you, my God, who are all good, deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to confess my sin, to do penance, and to amend my life. And I, I thought, boy, we teach our kids that verse, and I think we teach them just to rattle it off. And there, there's a lot of good adjective words in there that I think have if you unpack those adjectives, it, it can really kind of hit you between the, 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 the eyes with the profundity of that, that prayer. And it's, so it's, it's not just something we teach our kids to rattle off. It's something that we need to really live. Um, especially that part, I firmly resolve. And it's like, are you walking out of the confessional firmly resolved not to have to confess those again? Or are you confessing those for years on end? Anyways, we should do a podcast on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then uh, you were looking at talking about uh, how to pray a holy hour, right? Yes. Yes. I recently came across a, through the Exodus 90 program, a structured way of praying a holy hour. And, and so it, it, rather than just this, wow, a whole entire hour. It's like it breaks it down into different sections. So so you're not just sitting there 
twiddling your thumbs for 55 minutes because you can only think of five minute co- worth of content <laughs> to say to God, right? <laughs> no, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because um, a lot of people are thinking about increasing their spiritual life for Lent. Mm-hmm. When that you're like, okay, what do I give up? What, what, what do I do to grow in holiness here? And, and so I need to pray more. Well, here's, here's a formula for you. Then you were talking about stations of the cross, John, I got to say, I, I got to, I know you won't do it. So I got to toot your horn a little bit here, but you came up with the most amazing stations of the cross reflection. And I'm excited to do that for a podcast because it's, it's really deep. I know you told me that, yeah, I just kind of wrote it out one day, but I, it would have taken me years to come up with that. It's amazing. So we have to share that. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. And one thing I added that I haven't talked with you about is um, something I titled Virtue and Vice, The Antidote for Sin and the Path to Sainthood. As you're, as you're keeping track of your sins, one thing you're going to notice is that they fit into a particular vice. Most likely there's a pattern. There's going to be a pattern to those sins. It's going to be, wow, this is all, this is all related to pride, you know, these sins. Or these are, this is all related to lust. And once you can identify that, that the, the main theme of your sins, you know that is my character defect. And I can fix that by working on the corresponding virtue to that vice. Mm-hmm. So for pride, that would be humility. So you can go out, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to work on my humility. So that's another great podcast we could work on. And that's what, yeah, that'd be great. Like, that's what um, all the greats talked about, you know, is that the path to sainthood is, is working on virtue. But over the past, and that used to be taught regularly in, in uh, uh, all, all schools of thought taught virtue public school right and then over the last 70 years or so it just evap- uh, um, evaporated from all curriculum i mean I, I i understand the argument of of uh, you know the historic argument of uh you know pulling god out of the classroom um you know honestly we've got other other brothers out there and sisters that uh, may be practicing uh, a different religion entirely. And so, uh, you know, Christianity might not be, um, you know, morally their calling. And I get that. But when you take, uh, when you take God out of the public square, out of, out of the sphere of, of everything, there's so many other things that just fall away. And that's uh that's a, a great example of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, vice and virtue that, you know, uh, what, up until the sixties, maybe that, uh, we're yeah. taught in the public school. Right. It's the dictatorship so, of relativism because with vice and virtue, right. you're saying this is, this is correct. This is good. This is evil. Virtue, good vice, evil. And when you say that you're, you're coming up with an absolute. And so, you know, and ultimately that points back to God. I mean, that's what Aristotle, you know, when he's the one who came up with the cardinal virtues. And so if, well, we're, we, we, we probably should save this for, you know, 
but you know, you, you just, I think points back to a creator and a, uh, you know, to God as that's the basis of morality. And so if you kick out God, you're right. It's like, it's like this domino effect of just becomes a matter of survival of the fittest, whoever's in power rules and what they say goes. Um, yeah. So virtue and vice, the antidote for sin and the path to sainthood. I'd love to do it. One on that. What else? Just how to have a good Lent. Got to do one of those. Yeah. Um, I guess this one, the book plug, maybe we're getting a little bit long in the tooth for this. Uh, this we're episode. way off topic. We, we, we're giving away. This is like, this is a sneak preview. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A new, a new book by um, uh, Bishop Barron. Uh, Lenten Gospel Reflections. I picked this up this year. And so I'll be going through that. Uh, it, it's pretty nice. It's got, um, you know, the uh, the scripture for the particular day, his reflection on it. And then it actually has a section here where you can do, here's a question in, in an area for you to do uh, self-reflection on it. Okay. And uh, anyway, so I'm going to be following along with this over this Lent, this time around. So that's the thing that I'm picking up. Right on. Who, who wrote that again? Bishop Barron. Okay, yeah. Bishop Robert Barron. You know, you know what our problem is here, John, is that we don't have Deacon Pat to, to cue the, the, the end music. I, I don't even know how long <laughs> the recording has been going. <laughs> I don't know. But we probably should wrap it up. Um, so it, our, our new, our new uh, thing here is to... Uh, close out the show with our patron saint and our, our key verse. So our patron saint is Simon of Cyrene. Men, don't, don't worry. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed to get help if you're struggling on your faith. Um, pray to Saint Simon of Cyrene. He was the one who helped Jesus carry his cross. And if Jesus needed help, so do we. So get help. Plug yourself in with some other men. And then to close, we will, we'll, I will read 1 Corinthians 11, 1, where Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That's a good examination of conscience. Can you say today, and uh, be proud that you want people to imitate you? St. Simon of Cyrene, pray for us. Pray for us. All right. <laughs> Over and out. Bye, John. Bye, Mike. Well, I can't believe it's that time already, you guys. What a great topic and great conversation you shared with uh, the listeners tonight. Well, we'd like to say goodbye from the Idaho Catholic Podcast crew, the men. You know that uh, we're thinking about you through the week, and please pray for us as well. We hope you have a wonderful night, a wonderful week, and always know that God loves you and forever desires to keep you. God bless and good night.